Hello. I've entitled my little homily, uh, The Waiting Father, or subtitle, Some People Sit at Thundered, or <laughs> Family. I cannot believe how family has come to my rescue. Sisters I never knew I had have <laughs> popped out of the woodwork and uh, have been amazing daughters and aunties, etc. Even my brother came. So, um, yeah, the, 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 the waiting father of some said it thundered. You know, God spoke from heaven, and some said it thundered. <laughs> I mean, that's very funny. Uh, <laughs> you know, what will we have to do to make us believe it wasn't thunder, you know? Um, we might go and help. <coughs> okay. The waiting father, the waiting relative, carer. When I was about 11, I came all the way down from Zambia on my own with my sister, who was dying, and we were grabbed off the bush, out of the mango trees, shoved in airplanes and planes, and we arrived at the station in in PMB. Well, you can imagine how cold that is. Early in the morning, there we were, two little girls in their wickham hats, you know, those large black hats. And we had no idea where we were. And we looked out for Auntie Dora. Now, Auntie Dora was the postmistress at Kersney, the old one. She was the first postmistress. And uh, there we saw Auntie Dora come along the, the station. And um, she looked all for, 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 for like a hedgehog, you know, or um, one of those Beatrix Potter or C.S. Lewis's characters. <coughs> and we realized that we were home. We had arrived. I think it was 6,000 miles, was it? And uh, she took us up to her flat in Petermannsburg, where we had creamed um, sweet corn, which I've never forgotten. I hate this stuff. I think I was nervous, you know, and up to her flat. But she was the waiting father. And uh, it got me to thinking that I've been waiting. But how's about God, you know? He's the waiting father. And is Evelyn here? Catherine, no. All, all we wanted, Evelyn was sharing how all she really wanted was Bobby to come and sit with her. I mean, I had pretty nefarious food from Jonathan. But um, 
when he sat there, his presence as the waiting father represented God waiting. I was quite happy to die. I was told I was dying several times. <laughs> so much so that my only nightmare now is that they've bundled up my files, and I am. They've got somebody else's files. <laughs> you know, it's all about files and then. So it's family. It's God waiting for us. God waiting for us. If we think we wait, just put yourself in God's shoes and see how he waits. How he waits for you to respond to his call of love. And uh, it's great. So, well, um, I have been extremely ill. <laughs> I've, um, I don't know what to tell. Oh, yes, I've been put in my bed and told to wait. Uh, there and not get my feet down on the ground. Well, when you me, that's that's a big call. You know, it really is. Uh, just to be confined, perhaps for life, to a queen's no, yes, a queen size bed. So that was a huge challenge. But I had I stuck my head out of the window once and shouted, "I'm ready to die." I'm ready to die, but I'm also ready to live. And then one day Peter came, Warren, came home and told me I was living. Is that right? Um, that, that I was a miracle. You know, if you shake me, I'm like one of those dolls that are sort of empty inside. Their heart goes boom, boom, boom. And their lungs sort of float around and uh, <laughs> their kidneys. And... Um, and all those things seemed to be detached inside my body, but I was alive. I never felt anything but, you know, I'm either alive in heaven or I'm alive here, one or the other. <coughs> so, I mean, I should have mental problems, you know, I should not be able to read, uh, you know, all those things that can affect my situation, is that right? I haven't had a stroke, but otherwise, uh, you know, all other things are pretty much like that. So the waiting father, God waiting for us. She spent several weeks in the Hillcrest Hospital, and they came to the end, and I was told... There's nothing more we can do. We're sending her home. No more medical treatment. Uh, and uh, so Shirley answered, well, how long has she got? Well, you know, weeks, months? And the doctor said, no, she's got days to live. And so she came home with days to live. A and her kidneys were up. If I was lucky, I had days to live. And uh, the, uh, her kidney count was down to... 10%, and apparently you don't recover from that, uh, unless you're Jane. And uh, her blood count was down to a factor of six, and I think a factor of five is 
his curtains, and uh, there was no way she could recover. Uh, we arranged the funeral uh, with Val. I had ordered the coffin. We'd ordered the flowers. We had arranged the funeral here. Uh, and Jane screwed the whole thing up, as usual, and got better. Uh, so, uh, uh, and the, uh, the Meals on Wheels, she's deeply grateful for, as you said, people who come out of the woodwork and meals have arrived from all sorts. And the master chef, Andrew Carr, of course, comes through the ceiling every other moment. Uh, uh, we're still receiving... Cooked by who? Cooked by who? What? Uh, humility prevents me from boasting, but... Uh, <laughs> okay. Peter, have you got any comments? Uh, so, Fed Health and Medical Aid have paid tens and hundreds of thousands of rand to a multiple phalanx of doctors. But all the time there's been one doctor who's been pastoring and, uh, you know, GPing her, and that was uh, Peter Warren. Uh, and uh, Peter Warren's been a, a deeply emotional part of Jane's need. So when he was away with the family last week, Jane was saying, I'm waiting for, waiting, Father, you are waiting for, for your man to come back and talk to you. So uh, it's a great day, and we're very grateful to everyone for your prayers and for your support. And, and uh, this is a miracle. Uh, uh, this is, uh, uh, Peter Warren said to me, this is beyond the explanation of medical science. So uh, Jane being here, I mean, we had the prospect at one time that she might be a permanent uh, wheelchair invalid for the rest of her life. But she's on the way up. This is the first time she's actually walked down the steps uh, since December. Uh, so it's, it's a wonderful day. We're very grateful to you. Uh, and it's too marvelous. Um, yeah, I'll just add my, my tuppence worth. Because um, a few of us were there throughout the hospital stay. And... I think, you know, one, one doesn't realize just how bad it was. You know, in ICU, if you go into ICU, probably 50% of the people who go into ICU come out in a box. And Jane was there, critically ill, and I really had sort of observer status and watching what else was going, going on. So although Jane was central and the patient, there was a whole lot of other stuff going on, family dynamics, and I think it was a very special time, critical as it was. I mean, people were dying around her, and she was meant to die, and the living world said, go home and die at home. So she was sent home to die. There was no doubt about it. And from a medical perspective, everybody shrugged their shoulders. So when... All the helpers step back, and everything else comes to an end. And it's only God. Only God. And that was uh, a huge revelation to me, um, where 
I could see all these permutations and everything going on, but shining above it all was God. And I think we can give God all the glory. Here we have a living testimony. Um, you know, she, she's not healed, but she's alive. And all these other permutations that were so important, family dynamics, friends, caring. You know, as one gets older, and I think most people here on the wrong side of 60, you know, you start to lose. You lose your hearing, you lose your breasts, you lose your marbles, you lose your friends, you lose your spouses, you lose your children. You know, it's, it's, it's not a battle, it's a massacre. And, you know, through all of this, I think the one thing the elderly have, you know, in medicine, scopes are very important, gastroscopes, laryngoscopes. But one thing that mature Christians have, they have the retrospectoscope. In times of trouble, one mustn't forget to remember what God has done before. And with all this maturity, and there are a lot of mature Christians um, tending to Jane, there was this huge strength that came from experience. So as Costa Mitchell said, you know, the gray hair in this community, very, very important. And that came through. In my observer status, I could see just how important church, family, friends, all drawn together under the umbrella of God, God's hand. Peter was more than an observer. Uh, all sorts of people came, and I've seen medical aid paid, a whole phalanx of doctors, who I'm not sure I ever saw. But Peter has been there every week. Uh, and Jane's dependent and related medically to Peter. Uh, and he, he, he's not on the medical aid register. So we are deeply grateful. It's all been a love story.